0: On September 14th, 2021, the Securities and Exchange Commission announced that App Annie, Inc., a leading alternative data provider for the mobile apps industry, and its co-founder and former CEO and chairman Bertrand Schmidt, have agreed to settle securities fraud charges for engaging in deceptive practices and making material misrepresentations about how App Annie's alternative data was derived. App Annie and Schmidt have agreed to pay more than $10 million to settle the matter, which is the SEC's first enforcement action charging an alternative data provider with securities fraud. Okay, everybody. Hello and welcome. Since the news about App Annie broke, there were a lot of people very upset and outraged at App Annie, which to some degree is understandable. I had a little bit of a different take, which I published through a blog post on this issue called On App any Alternative Data and the SEC, and clearly it was popular. I was looking at my stats, and it just like spiked up when I published that blog post. But first of all, welcome, everybody, to Philosophy Friday. This is our second episode, and we actually have a guest with us speaking, Lars Dusay. Many of you may know him if you've been following our content. But today, we are going to be talking about this issue, which is data usage and ethics in gaming. And, you know, it's kind of a larger issue. It's not just about what are sort of acceptable practices when it comes to market intelligence, but there's also a bigger picture around data that impacts privacy at like the the device level with phones, with Apple and Google, for example, impacting IDFA, and even further with the data by companies that may be in competitive situations to their customers. Note that it was just announced that Apple has just acquired Mopub, for example. So anyway, with us, we do have Brett Novak, CEO of Liquid and Grit, also a big consumer of alternative data to create research reports. Brett, are you compromised? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well i am slightly compromised in that we have a partnership with sensor tower that i wanted to add before we get going
0: okay
2: and, and i should probably add that i run one of the sites that provides you know <laughs> alternative data i run gamedatacrunch.com right. which aggregates public information from steam and some other sites and just puts it all together uh, out there um and uh, I, I don't make any money from that side or anything. If anything, I, I spend a little money on it every month. I just kind of run it as a public service. But that's kind of my connection to this whole world as I run very redheaded stepchild to something like App Annie for the PC market.
0: Right. But in terms of Lars, your background, game developer, technologist, consultant, and I'd say just overall a good guy, right? With a lot of deep insights into gaming president of Level Up Labs, so you definitely want to check that out, as well as Lars's blog, FortressOfDoors.com, so definitely check that out. And just uh, like a caveat as well for myself, so I actually do also partner with Sensor Tower to use their data. And if any of you follow my newsletter, use use Sensor Tower data. Also, AppBanny has sponsored some of my events before. I partner with them at times to do like certain podcasts and things like that. So, and I just kind of like them too, like the people at Censor Tower, whether it's, you know, Randy Nelson or the folks at App Annie, there's a bunch of folks there who I really like. So, you know, a a little bit compromised as well, just, just to be clear. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I think that kind of just represents kind of the state of things is that. Why does this data exist in the first place? It's because there's a deep, deep abiding hunger for data in the industry. When people talk about data, they mean various different things. And we should be very clear what we mean here. Like, we're not talking here about, you know, targeted, at least in this case, like targeted personal data about like what your mother in law had for breakfast based on her Instagram account so that we can sell her ads for whatever. You know, we're talking more specifically about what everyone wants to know is how much money did this game sell? And more importantly, how much money can I expect my game to sell? And what can I put in my pitch deck to convince an investor to give me money by proving that there is a market for what I'm making and that I'm not just insane and out to lunch, right? And historically, that data has been of very low quality or not available. And in the past, I would say, five to ten years, there's been this explosion of... And let me give you an example, okay? So, like, Ron Gilbert... Um, the original designer of the Monkey Island series, like he has a blog called Grumpy Gamer and like there, I forget which article it is, but he talked about like what it used to be like back in the day. Like when LucasArts would ship like Day of the Tentacle or, um, or um, Secret uh, or, or like Monkey Island 2 or whatever, you would put out the discs and they're probably like floppy discs back then, maybe not even compact discs, but it didn't really matter. You put it in a box, you'd ship it out, and then a couple months later, you'd find out if you sold anything, right? You know, like, and that's the publisher themselves figuring out their own data, right? Let alone how much money everybody else is making. So unless, you know, and that's actually kind of the history of, I don't want to completely speak out of turn, I might be getting my history crosswired, but certain companies got big back in the day and became these, like, really powerful movers in, like, the PC games industry and the rest of the industry by basically having a finger in everyone's sales data. Um, I forget if it was Activision or Electronic Arts, that kind of... Or, or, or some other PC game publisher. I, I really wish I was smart enough to just remember it just like that. But there was one of them that was a major publisher at the time that they cemented their position by just knowing what anyone was selling, right? And that made them just absolutely invaluable as a distributor, right? And as the world moved from physical and retail to the world of digital, you started to have it, like sales became much more instant. They became much more trackable. Everyone who was selling directly and had... Direct relationship with the customer knew exactly how much they were selling to their own customers, which was the first revolution is like the creator, the publisher themselves, knowing how much they had sold directly because they weren't going through retail and just hoping they got reports back. And then you had um, developers who are not like cutting on royalty share, starting to get reports because it used to be just like you just kind of like unless you didn't have an audit clause, you kind of just trust that your publisher is giving you the money you deserve. And a lot of times they were getting screwed over. Right. And so then you now get to the place where it's like we have all these top seller charts and there's all this information out there that even for someone who is not plugged into the ecosystem at all, just through public data combined with a little bit of private data and a little bit of insight and knowledge of how the industry works can deduce a shocking amount of information. Right. And, um, and then you have places like App Annie like, well, if I just partner with enough people, I'll just get the truth. And then I can sell the truth back to people. And there's just just this deep need for that information because otherwise you're like, what kind of game can I make? I don't know. Has anyone ever succeeded making that kind of game? Right? These huge basic questions that will determine which things get invested and which projects get greenlit is really hard to do in an absence of data. And in an absence of data, what happens instead is you get basically opinion laundering where it's like games with women in them don't sell. And it's like, what's your basis for that, Mr. CEO? The truth, because I know everything. Right, you know, and so like, and then you could go like, well, actually, um, I, I think there's plenty of evidence that they that they do sell. If you look at this, and um that can have a major change, you know, that that's how you can have these big paradigm shifts. Anyway, I kind yeah, of-
0: Lars, I I think you know it's kind of funny because the original intent for me writing like a blog post on App Annie was I I was actually initially writing it to kind of troll execs and say. Without this app any data, what would execs do? How would they form any opinion on anything? Because this is basically like no exec wants to say a game is good or bad until they see the data. And so, right. so it's not started a good off, one, at least. It, it started off kind of as a joke, but then you know got a little bit more serious as I kind of dug into the issue. But I thought I could also just inform the audience of like what happened. So what is this App Annie issue, right? And so right. you kind of alluded to it, but basically what happened is App Annie has a service called Connect. And with Connect, mobile apps basically send their data to App Annie, who would then provide some like analytics and dashboarding features for their customers. But probably more valuable was also that if you use Connect, you could get like a big discount on the overall App Annie suite of services, which, you know, is not not cheap. It's it's you know rel- it's kind of expensive. So you're paying with your data, basically.
2: Uh,
0: to some degree, yes. Now the issue, though, the the reason why the SEC got upset was that the Connect data was then actually used to form the intelligence estimate. So the way that App Annie makes the the revenue estimate or the downloads estimate is supposed to be algorithmically derived right so if it's derived by an algorithm or something else that's fair but and also you know surprisingly they can use private company data legally but it's the public company data because what the sec is concerned about oh, that's is that's really nuanced the sec is concerned about hedge funds using this for insider trading Right. Right. Like if you get that data and then you can provide a more accurate estimate, then ahead of an earnings call, you're like, okay, I know what's going to happen here. You can trade against that.
2: Yeah. And I want to unpack that real quick just because of the technicals. It's like it's like
1: that is to clarify, to clarify, it's only that the SEC is concerned about the public companies because SEC focuses on public companies. But at least according to what you the writing it broke the terms of service of Connect, so it, it it did it did violate things for non-public companies, but non-public company companies are outside the purview of the SEC.
2: Right. Okay. So one of the things that's really interesting there is what do we talk about when we when we say they used private information? Like, let me give you some examples of how you can use private information. And one of the simplest ways to do it is like, okay, things are algorithmically derived. Well, from what algorithm? Typically what's done is there's some public signal that's out there about a game. Like um, a good example is um, people on Steam will do what they call the box slider method, which is they look at the number of reviews the game has received. They know that the more sales it has, the more people there are to review it. So there's some multiplier between like 20 and 100, depending on what the policy is today of what the true number of owners might be, right? And that's a very crude way of estimating, right? There's an algorithm, it sucks, but it's an algorithm. And then one way you can use quote unquote private information is if you know what the sales for your own game are, you can see what the output of that algorithm is for your own game and adjust your little coefficients that way. And you can scale that up for however complicated an algorithm you have. Like, okay, so we take the number of reviews and we take the number of followers and we take the number of chart positions and the phase of the moon and whether I'm wearing boxer shorts today. And you know, and you put it all in with some chili spice and then out pops a number. And then, if you know enough private data points, you can basically fit the curve, right? And so the question is, how are you using the private data? Are you using it to validate your model? Then there's a question, is is it machine learning? Where you basically just have the giant machine learning blob, like have access to all this private data and figure out an algorithm. But one thing we found with machine learning is sometimes it will just, if it's overfitted, it will just output its inputs as output. Instead of like working out an algorithm, it's just like, oh, the number for this game I trained on is this. And you ask what its number is, so here it is. So um, that's another way private information can be used. And um, I don't know nearly as much about the SEC of how it cares about that. But it seems like almost tautological that it's like you can't validate your algorithms without using private data. But then the question is like, (coughs) do you just report the private data as is? or do you do it in a way that it's just like it's, it's it's too close or or what's what's the deal Yeah so
0: so they were they got in trouble for actually adjusting the internal estimates right so they know mm-hmm. what let's say Activision's number is and then they adjusted it to be closer Right And so I so that that was the issue now I think the other thing that people in the in our industry should be aware of so what's the implication for the industry and I think the scary part now is that like the SEC wasn't just saying hey App Annie, you guys are going to be in trouble. So the scary part was where they're indicating, hey, hedge fund, if you use I see. the data, you are going to be in trouble. Now, because... So to your point, Lars, yeah. so you said, why do people in the games industry use this data? Well, they want to know what games to greenlight. They want to know what games to make. They will use this for M&A research, right? right. So then the danger is, What if the SEC now says, okay, hey, you know, um, Zynga, you used, you know, appdata.com, whatever that that service is. I mean, Append is clean now, but if you use a service that's compromised in some way against the way that, you know, the, the, against the SEC uh, complaint, then you could get in trouble. Right. Right. Like you would be penalized. And so fruit
2: of the poisonous tree and we're sending us back to the dark ages.
0: Right. Right. So I think that's the thing that we have to watch out for as an industry. And then more broadly speaking.
2: But wouldn't that be
1: only if Zynga was investing?
0: So I, I think that. Right. If they use that. If they use the data, at least for
1: the SEC, right? I mean, yeah, if they use the data for
0: government. M&A, but like, let's say they used it to green light a, a game project. I mean, who knows? Then this comes into a further discussion later, which we could talk about is like, how far do we think the SEC is going to go?
2: For, for for the audience purposes, M&A means mergers and acquisitions, Right.
0: Right you know, I guess the danger is that if there is a C- SEC overreach and they really start to try and get into everyone's business, then they, they could nail you for a bunch of stuff if you're using an alternative data provider that is compromised. So that's right. like the danger.
2: So, so there could be a chilling effect, whether there is whether there is regulatory action or not. Right. And yeah. so one thing I think is important to talk about is like, the kind of general discourse about data is everybody hates big data and they're the big evil people in the tech communities is how like the average person on the street feels about it. And in my opinion, kind of rightly so. Um, I think there is some nuance to be had about these data providers for game purposes because remember, this is not what your grandmother had for breakfast today so that we can send her, you know, 5G conspiracy ads, right? You know, that's not really what this is about. It's like a lot of times this doesn't even involve private data about individual player accounts, although that can be used in some of these data services, and we can get into that. Like, my, my whole shtick on game data crunch is my site is not the most useful of all of them, but it's kind of the simplest and the cleanest because it only just re-reports and re-aggregates information that's already 100% public. Um, and, um, but I think we want to talk about why it's important to have accurate data about game sales. Like, box office sales of movies is public information. Like, yeah. mostly sort of asterisks. And But, like, a lot of people just kind of take that for granted that we just know how much money every movie made. Now, we don't necessarily know what the DVD sales were, and we certainly don't know how much they made on Netflix or Hulu or anything like that. They keep that real tight-lipped. And I wish, again, that I had, like, my homework perfectly done and I could remember the hard-fought war it took to get box office disclosures like that wasn't something that just movie execs did out of the goodness of their hearts like there was real organizing to make that happen and a lot of horse trading politically that like had to get that to be a thing that everyone just takes for granted now but the point is that um, the effect of that is that um, it's better for everyone in the movie industry to know what box office sales are because the default position of everyone working in a space is um, I'm not going to show me mine, but you show me yours, right? I want all your information and I'm not going to give you any of mine, right? And, um, that leads to all kinds of economic inefficiencies because people walk around with like biases about what they think sells that's completely different from what's in the market. It takes years for them to catch on to new trends because they can't see them and they don't explore, Underutilized niches because they don't realize how big they are because they can't see them at all. And they only go after the biggest, most obvious things that you can see without data. Um, because that's just what's there. I mean that that's what happens in a kind of dark world where you just you, you just have this fog of war over um, what is succeeding in the market. And the people it's worse for is the people at the bottom, right? Is is like the big companies have ways of knowing what's selling enough to make their decisions, right? If nothing else, because there's partnerships under the table and they have ways of just brute forcing that information themselves, but there's huge information asymmetry at the bottom of individual creators and also the developers these publishers hire. Like a big problem often is like, um, you know, you will have no idea, you are a developer, you're making a game for a big AAA publisher, and they lie to you about what your sales are. And you have no recourse. You don't know if they're telling the truth. This has happened countless times before. And then they, and then they use it to stiff you on royalties. And so a lot of times that has come out when these data leaks have come out is a lot of publishers get sued because finally it becomes out in the open what people are actually making. And, um, and then they're like, we sold twice as much as you said we did. So where's my royalties, dude? Right? And so um, information asymmetry is a classical concept in economics about one of the m- massive differences... in in leverage between different people supplying um, um, services in in the industry is if one side has better information than the other, they can use that to just basically extract enormous amounts of value from them. And so I think it's really important to underscore why there is a craving for this data and it's not just because um, Bobby Kotick wants to put another couple zeros on his salary. It's as if not more important for people at the bottom to have these commodity services that anyone can use to get these data, because like there were less efficient but also more gate kept services before. They had worse data, but it was available to less people. We had to pay like huge numbers, a huge amount of money a year to subscribe, which was nothing to the bottom line of a big AAA company. Um, but nowadays, like with with like Steam Spy, I mean, before it kind of like degraded in quality, but like I mean, all these new game analytics services and App Annie and Sensor Tower. Um, on mobile, you know, like it, it it kind of leveled the playing field a little bit in a world that is famously on the anyway, I'll shut up now.
0: Yeah, no no I, I totally agree. Like the I mean although I, I might disagree with you a little bit, Lars, okay. in the sense that I think that without App the Annie or Sensor Tower, I, I'm not sure if the big companies would know what to do. Like uh, at least okay. on the mobile side, right? Like they like they pay the, the big fees To to get that data and and then that I I do think that that's probably the information asymmetry is like the The small studio who may not be able to afford app Annie or sensor tower is a little bit at a disadvantage But I I do see a lot of the the bigger studio Like this is why I make fun of the execs because they'll look at the data and they'll be like, okay Go copy that go copy that go copy that
2: (laughs) Well, I think I think the mobile industry is interesting too because it's so dialed in right like the margin between failure and success is fairly thin. It's yeah. all about like get to that one cent profit margin and then just right, crank right, right. that volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and so yeah. like that's why you saw such hunger for these analytics on mobile before you saw it on PC and console. It still helps in PC and console, but it's not like as life or death as it is there on mobile. Right. You know, at least in my opinion.
0: Brett, how mad should we be at App Annie? Like there was a fair amount of folks who were outraged, right? <laughs> like but in your opinion, you know, how mad should we be?
1: Well, well, I just I, well, before I answer that, I do okay. want to sort of reference what what you've been talking about. I mean, I don't think that the that sensor tower and App, have any people look at them as as the big bad data companies. I think in yeah. this case it's that they put across a a partnership and a proposal to say, hey, we're, we're going to exchange information for your data and we're not going to use your data to build our algorithm. And then if you read exactly what the SEC said, it says, and this is important, behind the scenes, however. Schmidt also directed a small number of employees to use actual app performance data in ways that were prohibited by the Connect terms of service to force the model-generated intelligence estimates closer to actual figures before they were delivered to subscribers. End quote. So it's it, it's not there's two different discussions I think that we need to have is one is just general data right done collected in ethical means in agreed upon by our society right that's something that you yeah. s- seem to be doing lars i know you know we stand for her here at liquid and grit and then the other is telling somebody that you're not going to do something and then doing it to right. provide data for other people right yeah. and then that has implications to the public market and that's where the sec uh, got involved right and, and so also- no, i'm yeah no yeah and so i think in in this case the the in this case, there was some things that the SEC is claiming actually happened where Schmidt told a couple of people it wasn't by mistake. I think when I originally thought of my answer for this, it was, well, how did this happen, and was this by mistake? And I generally am somebody who tries to live by the creed of be curious, not judgmental. And so that was sort of my initial take on it. But here, it kind of clearly says that there was some... Uh, intent behind it to break the code of connect terms of service right and in that case it seems like the the community should be upset about it but of course it happened in 2018 and the sec sec has come in and basically served the potential punishment for it so i I guess in this case of what Schmidt did in 2018, I think the the community, the mobile gaming community can be upset about it. The The next question is, well, was anything, ha- did any, did Appany do anything about it? Yes, they did. They removed Schmidt from their board and as CEO in 2018, the SEC has filed a $13 million penalty on them. And so, you know, like, I think that the community now can move on from that and, and, and say, okay, well that happened. And then the next question is, is, is this happening elsewhere, is to your point, Joseph. And how responsible are we as a consumer of the data to know that the data is coming from ethical means? Like that that's a difficult question to answer because that's what you talk about later in the in the article that you wrote, which is really interesting, is that lawyers saying, Well, uh, you know, hedge fund, you need to know where your data is coming from. And it's like, well, how the heck are you going to know that? I mean, App is not going to tell you, or, or any of these service providers are really going to tell you all the data that's going into it, just like Google doesn't tell us what, what their what? algorithm comes from or all these other sort of like, that's their that's, but, but that's, that's the how thing, they make that, money. That,
0: apparently the SEC is giving them like, you know, here's what you need to check for <laughs> like, like a check.
1: Well, and then I, I'm going to call it the SEC. Hopefully not, <laughs> yeah, I don't trade any stocks so I can, but if you want to have it be publicly available information, then that should, that should include, that should um, preclude anything that costs a lot of money because appany is not cheap. So saying no. that App Annie is publicly available information, I think is where the, the SEC needs to check their own self at the door. Because App Annie's hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. That's not publicly available information. That's that's yeah. information that hedge funds can get that everyone else can't. And so okay. if you want it, it, so the way to get around <laughs> it, I think is to just say that if you have to pay for it, it you know, then theoretically, it's not publicly available, Well, here's available, the right?
0: thing, because like, and so, and I pointed this out in that blog post, but like, if you go to App Annie's website, they have this section called Trust and, and Assurance, and this is literally like a hey hint hint you know nudge nudge watch out, but you know quoting quoting from like this this uh, post that they that they published they they you know, let me just read it to you. It states, we are also advising the market that they should proactively ask their data providers whether they are doing the following. Leveraging confidential public company data, kind of uh, omit use of confidential public company data, no manual data estimate alterations are taking place, proving fully authorized and explicit contractual consent for each use of confidential public company data. So it's like, what I read into that is that it seems like, I mean, I, I don't know. But it seems like at Benny's saying, hey, I think some of the other guys are still doing this stuff. Right. And based upon what the SEC saying, you guys could get in trouble. You better check.
2: Right. Well, so what's interesting is that. Yeah,
1: that like, I, I don't you know, know if did. I read it that way, I, but yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Lars. I'm sorry. Right. No. Yeah, I read right. it similarly, but something else as well, <laughs> okay. which yeah, probably, is, yeah, what, what, yeah what no, go, no. What is this something else? Well, there's something else that I'm reading into it is that they, they don't need it anymore, right? Like in 2018, they, they used the information to produce an algorithm that's more accurate, right?
0: Yeah. And
1: it's like, okay, well, now we don't need it, but some other people may. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of an interesting tone there where oh, yeah. they use this information to prove their algorithm. They've obviously Actually, been they past using it. They don't need the algorithm anymore, right? Like, I mean, they don't need the information anymore. They have the algorithm.
2: Well, I can so, maybe speak from experience a little bit about what it's like to construct systems like this and the temptations you have, right? Yeah. Um, so one thing that's interesting to me is that there's also the angle of, did they violate the trust of people who are like, well, I'll give you my data in exchange for a discount, right, or whatever. But you're not going to go tell my competitor that I made $1.2 million last year. Are you exactly like to the last decimal point? Like, yeah, they can have the same average within the same error bars as everybody else. But like, that's the terms I think I'm giving you this data under. And then if they're going out there and they're like, yeah, lawyers game made exactly this much money, you know, because that gets us a better fit, and we're just gonna have, we're just gonna have Fred back in this, you know, just go into the SQL database and just plug that right in to just, you know, make our, you know, because the algorithm is a little bit of an outlier there normally, you know, just get, get a little tighter there, you know, and so I mean I think that's where it gets really fuzzy, where you get into machine learning and like what counts as manual, right? You're doing everything with a computer. Like, you're not literally, like, holding bits in your hand. Like, what does it mean to do something manually? Because you can overfit a machine learning curve as tight as you want, hands off, with a script, right? You know, like, you can you can make a, a, a curve that looks like an elephant and just fit your magical algorithm sauce to it, you know? And so I think what the, and this kind of comes with, like, you know, when when you have, um, I don't I don't want to cast shade on the SEC's like technical savvy, but it kind of reminds me sometimes of like when senators are like grilling Facebook, and they're like asking like the dumbest questions. Right. You know what I mean? Is it's, yeah. it's like, like, like what does it meaningfully say to like manually just? It's like I think the idea I have in mind, which makes sense to me, is you have the algorithm. The algorithm produces outputs. And then someone's like, oh, well, I can make this info better if I just override it with the true data, right? That makes sense. But you can also do an algorithm that does that, right? And hide that it's doing that and make it all automatic. So that's kind of um, a thought I have. But then, I mean, how would you ever prove that? It's complicated. But going off on more to the angle of using public and private information. So there is, for instance, in the PC and console game space, You know, I made Game Data Crunch because of frustrations I had with the existing systems that, like, everyone wants to know how much money someone's making, right? And I was like, we just need to get a really good understanding of the public data we're 100% sure of. We know exactly how many reviews a game has. We know exactly what its CCUs, concurrent users are. We know exactly, like, what its user score is. We know these are facts. They're not just, like, there was so much made-up sauce that we would check against true data and would be totally wildly off. They were like... Let's just get like our facts down first, and then someone can build a model on that, right? And that was my mission, and now I'm kind of obsolete because now there's plenty of other people coming out making better sites than mine, which is fine. It gives me more time to do other stuff. But um, I'm, and I'm arriving at the point here. Uh, the point is that um, there's um an example of a service that I think has kind of a brilliant business model. That's one of these new sites that's coming along. It's called BI, which stands for Indie Business Intelligence. And one of the major problems when you're in the console and PC space is, especially with consoles, is your your games on like ten different stores, and all of their reporting mechanisms are like from the stone age. Like sometimes you're getting like emailed a PDF with your sales, you know, and and like this, the the sub regions of the same of the same distributor will be like different formats, so just knowing how much money you're getting made to the penny accurately from each region is like someone's like at least part-time job at your company just harmonizing all these reports so in dbi what they do is like we will create a little machine that will hook into all of your different publisher accounts and distributor accounts harmonize that give you a beautiful dashboard that tells you how much money you made in may right across Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo Switch and Steam and God and Epic and all of that. So you don't have to like waste your time on that. Oh, and by the way, now we have all your information, you know. Now we know down to the penny everything about you and they're completely upfront about this. Right. So it's like, OK, clearly, like, I mean, that's a kind of service like you would want to pay for, like, like you're already paying you know, some junior staff member just to crunch all your horrible PDF and Excel files, you know, out of this, Age into your own database, just so you can know how much money you made. Um, So you would gladly, a lot of people would just gladly give them all of your data for them to do this work for you. And then pretty much like in no time at all, once like they've launched, like I expect they could have just so much true private data. And once you have true private data, you can fit just shockingly accurate curves, right? Like, especially with services like Steam that emit so much public data, like, you can fit just shockingly accurate curves. Um, Because if you know what the number one game is making, and the number five game, and the number 10 game, guess what? The distribution is a power law. Fit to a power graph, it puts out these attributes. You don't even need to do any machine learning, right? If you can just sign number one, number five, number 10, number 15, number 100 as a customer, and if they're going to get, like, way more than that, I mean, like, they just have shockingly accurate data and time series data, too, um, so that they can tell you that for any day of the year without having to just regurgitate anyone's information. They just have so much power to fit a curve, right? I don't, I don't do any of that stuff because I just, I mean, I, I'm kind of afraid to have people's private data, for one, um, just for the compliance and the liability. <clears throat> you know, but I've done it privately just like for myself and like some friends' data who, you know, let me sign a little NDA to look at their stuff. And it's like, I can get pretty good estimates, you know, um, to fit a curve, you know, just from a couple of data points. So just imagine what someone who has everybody's data for every day of the year can do without having to do any equitable manual adjustments. Anyway, just wanted to.
0: Yeah, uh, and maybe we could speak to, since we're talking about various sources of data, you're talking about certain public sources of data whether it's, you know, and before you mentioned things like the number of comments and things like that, which you can use to adjust that parallel distribution. But what about things like, for example, you know, some companies did get in trouble earlier for things like using Trojan horse apps, like, you know, on Android. Oh, this is your... Hey, download this free flashlight app or VPN app. And by the way, when the permissions come up, you know, it's like you're giving away every, you know, your soul check, you know, you're like everything. So like, what what do we think about that? There's also things like email, you know, so there's some free email services that are, you know, really good email services for free, but then, then they're, they're reading your email and they're, they're like, Oh that your Apple IAP receipts, nice, you know, and then they can right. take that data. Like, do you guys have any thoughts in terms of what's cool to use? What What do you think would be acceptable in terms of, uh, you know, data privacy at an individual level as well as some of the public stuff that that you had mentioned, Lars?
2: Well, the I can tell you right off that the PC games industry is like PC players are so sensitive to that. There was a big, like. I'll give you, I'll give you two, two anecdotes. The first one is Red Shell, which was this tracking software that was in a lot of popular indie and some professional games um, a couple years ago. And it was for advertisement attribution, right? Because like a really, like there's a famous quote, like half of the money I spend on advertisement is wasted. The trick is knowing which half, mm-hmm. right? Like knowing, did I actually get a return on this ad, right? And mm-hmm. so there was this ad, there was this spyware called Red Shell that you could ship with your game. And it like was like some kind of tracking pixel stuff. So when someone sees your ad on some site, that's like stored somewhere in your computer. And then when you play the game, Red Show can connect the dots that you saw that ad. And then they would report that back to the developer. And like people just freaked out about this. Like they freaked out hardcore, like review bombs. Like, I mean, it just was not worth the bad publicity. And so, I mean, and I was the end of that company basically. You know, um, so in, in PC, I mean, you couldn't have a more viral, like virulently opposed crowd. So it almost doesn't matter what's right. It's just bad business sense. You know <laughs> and I, and I kind of come down, like I'm very sympathetic to the view. Like, I mean, when I was started off, like, I mean, a, a, and the PC crowd can be like really, 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 really suspicious to the extent that it's very common in games to just like report back analytics, like this many people died on level one, Right. This many people died on level two, and they died here, so I can like balance my game, right? Like crash reports and windows and all that. Um I got a lot of flack for having just one of those dumb little just game analytics things in one of my games, right? I mean I I disclose it, you can disable it, you know, it like even got to the point where it was opt-in when the game started, you know, but like people would still yell at you for like, you're selling my private data, aren't you? And it's like, who am I gonna sell the fact that you died on level three to? You know, I mean, and then I eventually just removed it because I found out that it's like, I felt like I thought speculatively that I would need that data. And then it's like, turned out to be more of a hassle to collect and process than I actually got any advantage of. So I just removed it all. But um, in PC, they're super hostile to it. In console, I mean, I feel like in console, people do whatever they want, because how is anyone going to know for better and for worse, right? You know what I mean? Like that's probably reporting all kinds of stuff about you and, it's the console. You have no control whatsoever. You know, um, I think people should be in principle, my principle is people should be completely upfront about what data they're collecting and allow people to opt out. And I think we've got a kind of a boil the frog situation where apps just demand all of your privileges and you just click okay. And I think that's kind of bad. Um, that's, that's my thoughts on the subject.
0: Right. I You
1: know, I, I generally think this is a positive turn for mobile gaming. I mean, we're blessed to be able to make games for a living and make a good amount of money for it and i think that we have gotten a little bit all of us a little bit uh reckless with some of the information that we gathered from our our end consumer and i think that it's awesome that we're course correcting that whether it be through in this case a little bit of guidance from the sec but in other cases we're doing it apple's doing it as well and 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 there's other areas of the industry that's just doing it on their own uh, i know for example a lot of game producers themselves are giving uh, percentages of gotchas and percentage of chess and, and and all these different information to players to make it like more transparent about what they're going to get That's, i mean that's a little bit different but that's just that's just where i think things are headed i generally am excited about that because I think that the mobile gaming industry is very innovative, we're, we're very intelligent, we have a lot of resources, we can find virtuous ways of gathering information. And, and I, for example, did a podcast yesterday with Chris Williams, the head of insights for Aristocrat Digital. And I loved how he put it. He said, we have tons of players who are more than happy to give us information, recommendations, insights about, their, about our games, when we ask them they, they they come in droves to help us they're for free right as long as we're upfront with them and i love that framing of it is it's it doesn't have to be binary where getting data is evil and not dating getting data is is positive right i think that there is a world of being 100% transparent about what data we're collecting, if you want to be collect, if you want that data to be collected, if you want to give additional insights, well, you know, do you want to give your opinion, right? Uh, surveys are a perfect example of that. If you ask somebody and they can opt out of it, maybe they want to tell you something. So, I am generally um, optimistic about this, and particularly just because I think the mobile gaming industry is is so good at innovating and so good at changing and figuring things out. So in general, I I see change, particularly positive, you know, change like this for the end user as a good thing. So
0: yeah, I from my perspective, like I actually maybe, maybe I'm a little bit different from other people, but I I want people to have my private data. Right? Like I I don't want to see an ad about dog food. I want to see, like if I'm trying to buy like a you know, if I'm trying to buy a new hard drive or whatever, I'd prefer that someone just show me an ad about something I'm looking for. And I just don't think there's a lot of, a lot of my private data that I really care about. To be honest with you, so if, if people yeah, see like what I it's buy, like it's I like I agree. It's like oh, it's like okay. everyone's
1: so like what do you what is it that I mean? Lars said this. It's like, dude, like you're not the the most special snowflake in the world. Like if everyone knows everything about me, I mean, it's like it would be awkward. Yeah. But it's but not my, like my, you know. I mean, it's point, like
2: my counterpoint is like sometimes like it, it is there's really a really question whether we really need the data, you know, and and also like in ways people are harmed when data is like there's a very good examples of like um, right but that's different than gathering
1: that. the data that, that's two different <laughs> things right and that's what i'm saying is like the association <laughs> with getting data being bad i think is is an assumption right I and, and, question and question obviously data, it's built off of a using. lot of well no I, I mean like i said i mean it, like i'm with joseph on this it's like in some ways i've kind of want to feed my data into the system i mean i I don't want to oh. see, like, I, I'm, like, when people are like, oh, the Algo. I'm like, dude, I love the Algo. You know how many things the Algo <laughs> sent me, like, I watch on YouTube where I'm like, that is the coolest thing I would have never thought of, right? Like, I'm watching okay. just, like, Formula One documentaries and Mike Tyson's stories. Like, like, I don't even know how I got down this road, but I am so happy the Algo figured it out, and everyone's like, oh, the Algo knows you. and so, Yeah, I mean, sometimes the Algo sends me to, like, s- strange places, and I got to course correct it but but i'm i guess you know i'm just not I, I mean the
2: kind of point is like the dad who found out that his daughter was pregnant from target um because it was sending her targeted ads for um, but he
1: later apparently apologized for it because he he the algo was right right like he well he no, kind no, no, the of point like,
2: is it's like why does target know this about her at all right <laughs> like like why, why does and then and then maybe she didn't want her dad to know but he found but again, out that's, because of Target. No, I, I, think, I think I think we need to examine again. That's life. the
1: usage of the data being evil, not that the data getting the data. If the usage of the data is in a positive means,
2: well, I mean, right? I, I think I think I think it's there's not a the gathering that
1: is- if they if they gather data that she's pregnant and did nothing about it.
2: Well, but the thing is, once something is gathered, it, there's the temptation to use it. Like I think, like we But, we, but that's, but to that's,
1: like, but those are two different things. If they had but, just okay, figured it out, because she, because if she, so she bought a pregnancy test, it, and now they know that she's potentially right, pregnant. Right,
2: right, right. Well, the thing is, they don't necessarily need to. And send if they didn't do anything about
1: app. it. Then, then that's, then, then that's. But what is
2: collecting data like? Is sending that to the advertisement department collecting the data or not? Let me, let me bring this back to the App any question, right? Where we had, should we be mad at App Annie? The other question is should we be surprised, right? I am mm-hmm. not surprised that someone who acts, has access to private information is tempted to use it because that is mm-hmm. what competition is going to drive you to. Because if AppBanny doesn't use it, Sensor Tower is going to use it, right? And they're in direct competition with one another. And I think that's kind of the issue is it's like, you know, there's this argument that like all technology is used is neutral. Like, you know, and it's just like, it's the per, like, I can use a hammer to build a house or I can use it to kill a person. Right? I can use a chainsaw to cut down a tree. I can use it to kill a person. Thing is, hammers and chainsaws are terrible murder weapons. Guns and poison are great murder weapons, and they're designed specifically to murder people. You know? And we can have an argument. Well, Lars, I will agree
0: with you that generally speaking, if people have access to data, they will use it for advantage. I mean, that. You know, very famously, Amazon, you know, an, a company I consider generally very, a great company, generally ethical company, but using their customers' data on what sells well, they, you know, the Amazon basics, they, they competed against their customers using their customers' data. So I will say that, you know, even great companies right. will misuse data. So there, there is, to some degree, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I personally... Like, I just don't think there's anything interesting about my, my personal life. But but maybe that, that's just, I'm just speaking about my own personal situation. So like, you know, like,
2: I mean, a good example is just like, I mean, I am a very, there's nothing super, like, like the worst thing that ever happened to me with ads is I got married in an Eastern Orthodox church and I'm ethnically Norwegian. And on the day of my wedding, I received ads for Norwegian brides for Russian men. And I'm like, because you know, Russians are Orthodox, right? And I was just like, you got some facts right about me and you completely (laughs) missed the point about what I need right now today, you know? Yeah. That's the worst thing that ever happened to me. But, you know, I have some family members, you know, I know of like that have problem, like I I know a relative who has a problem with the stalker, right? And I know people who have had, uh, other issues, you know, where like privacy is a much higher stakes issue for them. Like, if it's all just about like I get some crappy recommendations, I'm not very much harmed. But if it, and, and like, I'm a public figure, my name is out there, my email address is out there, anyone who wants to contact me you can contact me. You know what I mean? But if like I'm a kind of person who, if certain things get out about me, like it has bad consequences for my life, and those kind of things can be inadvertently revealed about me to people who shouldn't know about that. Because I bought a pregnancy test at, at Target, I mean, obviously, I would not have a need to purchase one. Um, but like, you, you can kind of get that. It's, it's like, yeah, because so, of... I,
0: yeah I, I buy that. Like, for example, there was that. But, then, speed general... but, but <laughs> so, I guess these sorry.
1: are things that you opt into, right? Okay, go. Yeah.
2: Did she know that she was opting into that? That when she went into Target? Well, she, she has a, a credit right?
1: card, right? Which opts her into having data collected about her when she buys things.
2: Okay, well, I mean, she I think bought that's with a little... cash.
1: There would be no attachment to her to the information, right?
2: I mean, I think this is a little bit like the bitcoins not your not not your keys, not your coins kind of argument, where it's like it's up to you to well, like ignorance is no excuse for the laws of the universe kind of argument. It's like I I totally get what you're saying, but it's like if I'm a seventeen year old girl and I'm pregnant, I might not even know that that is the rules of the road because it's put in this giant terms of service that. I'm not, I'm, I don't read and they don't expect me to read and so they know they can get away with this stuff. Right? And I think there's kind of a little bit of a difference between this like perfect libertarian freedom to contract and people actually living in a world where they have truly and honestly opted into all the things that they have opted into by default just because of the the, the way we've kind of greased the skids is kind of my position.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, the, the point I was trying to make is that like there was that Wall Street Journal article about how TikTok can determine if you're like you know, um, LGBTQ in like 10 minutes or something like that. Right? Yeah, which something crazy. Like, which
2: flavor? Like, which specific, <laughs> like, sub... Like, they can determine if you're a Jap- Japanese Presbyterian metal fan in, like, four videos, right? So,
0: like, exposing that data to other people, sure, that that's bad. But I, I think there are... So, there's probably, you know, some good use of well, private data. Well, that,
2: you, you, other people, you're exposing that to the Chinese Communist Party, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, if I'm exposing, like, if I'm, like, liking... Um, videos about a certain thing like about certain dissident things and I have I don't know let's say Uyghur family in China I could have inadvertently revealed that you know and that ha- maybe yeah. had some stakes for me you know um, and it's not necessarily obvious to me that when TikTok is asking for permission for this this and that that I'm signing up for my my my, you know my, my grand uncle back in Xinjiang to be you know pulled into a concentration camp right. you know I mean now this is kind of an extreme example but I mean All of these things have happened in certain ways, right?
0: Okay, so I I think the, the takeaway for me is like use of private data Complicated issue. Right. Probably I mean, we're getting,
2: like we're getting way off course because yeah, we were talking about data of game sales and we wound up into the CCTV. well. No, because I think
1: the biggest difference is is the associate the attachment to an individual, right? Because yes. in App Annie's case, it's just revenue numbers, right. Right. and in the cases that you were talking about, it's associated with a person, right? Like if you detach the the UID from right. all of the things that we just talked about, then no, none of those. Things can happen, right? You're just end up being a a number on a a mobile device, right? And and that that will that will never sort of not happen because once you once you open up TikTok and you do something with enough data, they can pretty accurately define who you are, right? Like once I watch five different things, I'm not a snowflake, right? I'm a I'm a snowflake that's very similar to a lot of other snowflakes. And once I watch the five things, like the giants, well, boom. You live in San Francisco or you live in San Francisco area. It's like you have an X percent. Okay, now I do this. Like you just start piecing these puzzles together and you kind of, they're going to, they're going to be able to get a picture of who you are. I think the biggest difference is that connection of, okay, this is Lars, right?
2: right. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me ask your opinion on this because I'm interested in what you think about this. Is when Steam Spy first came out, a big counter argument made against it was, I run a game development company in Russia or Turkey or Mexico or whatever. Like like countries where there are, you know, alleged <laughs> criminal gangs that operate, right? People are going to, like, I think it was um, the, the guys who made uh, the space game, Kerbal Space Program, like their publisher, who actually has kind of a bad reputation, was like criminal gangs are going to kidnap us now because they know we have a lot of money, right? And um, Steam Spy's argument was basically like, it's been six years no one was kidnapped, so that was probably BS, but like, I mean, at the time it sounded like kind of a, I mean, I didn't know how I felt about it at the time. I mean, it, it seems like it was BS and they were probably making that argument in bad faith. Another example of this is in Norway, everyone's salary information is public. Um, it's like a really radical policy that they have um, out of a very egalitarian sense of its like, because that way you can negotiate better, like it's good for workers because they can negotiate better against their employers but then the counter argument is, it's like, if you ever like take a vacation to the wrong spot, like, you're gonna get kidnapped because they know exactly how much money you make, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I think, yeah. what, what, what do you what do you think about that, Brett? Um, specifically the the game company saying like bad stuff's gonna happen to us because people know how much money we make.
1: Uh yeah that's a difficult question. I mean fear driven uh policy is uh, obviously pretty important um, topic right now on a, a a larger level um or not fear driven right? I mean we we kind of so I I think that trying to get accurate data about those things is really important because you can use that claim for anything, right? I mean, right. you can throw that out with, I mean, I'm just referencing COVID, right? Like what are the details of COVID? Every state's debating the, the, the importance of it, right. And the implications of it, right. We're having this massive debate on, is it, is it worth doing this? Is it worth doing that? Is it worth doing this? And so I, I think you have to be careful on both ends and you, And you you can and it's hard to make a policy based off of one data point from one company from one opinion because that's obviously very inaccurate data. Now, it could be 100% true and it seems very severe. So, in this case, it's like, well, even though it's inaccurate and one data point, it's fairly severe. So, we should probably do something for that one person. But, um,
2: have you you guys heard about about what's going on with the census right now? This is is like circles it back to like public policies right now, the census. Mm -hmm. It only comes out every 10 years right and it's just like huge long-term projects will like use census data for like all kinds of research this year the census has been like for privacy reasons we're not going to tell you like the same amount of granular data on anything lower than the county level so like the 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 neighborhood or the block level you're not going to know any information they're basically just going to make it up so you get like absurd situations where like an empty lot has like 15 people living there um or whatever just because they're like kind of like obfuscating the information because they're like afraid that people could connect it to people's personal identities and like a bunch of researchers are like super mad about this because they claim that that argument is spurious and the census has always operated this way and now there's this big giant gaping what's going to be a 20-year gap in data where we basically can't make All sorts of like so many research projects are basically thrown in the trash can because we no longer know that granular data. And the argument for doing it was to protect people's identities because people could work it out. What do you What do you all think about that?
0: I I don't care about anyone having my personal data. So I'm more on the you know I I think I'm more crazy. So I don't. What do you think, Brett?
1: I mean, again, I think it comes back to the usage of the data, right? It, it, because the data itself and the knowledge of the data alone is is not, I think, bad, right? Like, I don't think that there's much bad about it. It's the application of the data that I think is where there needs to be serious serious consequences and an overview of it, right? I mean, in this case, the App Annie, the the situation was a bunch of hedge funds guys probably got a little more rich than they did last year, which is like super rich. So like super rich between rich, right? Like the application of this data, I mean, to your point though, there could have been large people getting murdered in Mexico, right? So yeah, I mean, I think, right. And it didn't happen. And we also can't live in a world of, of, um, you know, complete fear of everything bad happening, we need to mitigate and we need to stop. But I would say that, you know, the I th- I would say that, Lars, I'm actually more going on your side because, like, in the end of the day, I care about making games. And I think we all care about making games as a living because it's a wonderful privilege to be able to do this. I feel so blessed to do this every single day. And at all costs, I think, and and the goal of it is to make people happy. Do we need to know that it's... Uh, 45 year old man in Norway who's playing my game to do that? No. We don't need to know that. So if I had to make a hard decision right now about whether or not the data was super like necessary, I would say no. And I'd add to that that I feel like nece- I mean necessity is the what is it? the mother of innovation and mobile gaming is super innovative. So if you shut this do- if people say hey this is really offending us and we shut the door on it, what I'm saying is, I generally feel that mobile gaming is going to adjust, it's going to pivot, and say, okay, maybe we ask you, maybe we ask you for your opinion, maybe we have everyone who plays our game fill out a survey and get a thousand coins, and and then we say we're going to use this data to inform a next product innovation, right? Like, so if I had to make a call right now, Lars, I I would say that it is erring on the side of um, just. Um, being careful about the end users' like right. well-being, right?
0: All right, guys. So I thought we could wrap it up with one last question, really around kind of like the SEC, what we think they're going to do. And one thing that for me was a little bit of a uh, red flag was this: was the SEC investigating Activision Blizzard over workplace practices, disclosures, things like that, and sure you can say that the sec is is investigating Activision Blizzard because some of those workplace practices may have impacted like if there wasn't enough disclosure it could have impacted you know the stock price things like that but in my opinion i also think it's it it, it also kind of indicates more of an expansion in terms of the scope of the sec and I don't know, maybe I'm just being a little bit paranoid, but wondering what you guys think. When I, when I listen to some of these lawyers talk about how, for example, now the SEC is kind of indicating to hedge funds, you guys better watch out, you know? And then the next logical step is that game companies are going to need to watch out if they're using a, a service that's been compromised in some way. And then, you know, the, I, I think, you know, even for, there are a number of public companies using customer data in various ways. And so like the scope of the sec potentially could expand quite a bit something that worries me a, a little bit just because i am just generally i'm not i'm not libertarian but i i do like smaller governments if possible but what what do you guys think
2: it's interesting to me because it's like it, it seems to me like a sign of using whatever enforcement mechanism is around to just, like, I mean, I mean, put a square peg into a round hole just to get the job done kind of thing. Like, like uh, the Activision Blizzard thing is interesting. It's like, I wouldn't imagine, like, SEC is there to, like, basically, like, prevent finance fraud. And, like, it was set up in, like, New Deal in the wake of the, like, Great Depression, right? And, like, so I'm a little confused about, like, exactly what they're, like, I think it's good that we're going after companies that are abusing their employees and doing all this harassment. But it seems kind of, I, I don't know all the executive agencies exactly what they're Baileywick is and whose job is what but it seems more like is that like a national labor relations board or department of justice or something kind of thing like people are committing what might even be actual like cro- prosecutable crimes like uh, i don't imagine like the, the the money cops going in because it's damaging shareholder value right and that's like the justification for going after these people it's like i understand like any port in a storm like get people justice but like it, it does feel a little the Activision Blizzard feels a little weird to me that it's 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 like the money police who are, who are, who are, who are gonna yeah. fix this problem.
0: I, I, because... I think the argument there, the SEC is potentially making is that hey, if you as a leadership team heard about some stuff, you should have disclosed it. You should have said hey, we got a bunch of people
2: that's interesting
0: discriminating against or sexually harassing. You know, right. I mean, you, you, I, I, although I've I've never ever in the history of any like you know, um, financial filing ever seen a company that, that disclosed something like that ever, but well, like, 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 I don't know.
2: What is, is it like the equivalent of, it's like, okay, we dumped a bunch of, we found out that one of our, that one of my VPs like dumped a bunch of toxic waste into the lake and then I covered it up. Right. And then when yeah. it comes out on a 60 minutes report, the share price tanks. And so like, like a, 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 along with an actual crime, I've also like just against humanity in the lake, I've also committed fraud, right? Is that basically the argument here? That it's like...
0: Similar. I think think so. I think it's similar.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I can support that. It's like, it's a little weird that like round peg, square hole kind of thing. It's like, I I support people getting justice wherever they can. Um, I do like want to make sure that like we use the departments we have for the purpose they have. I understand that that's kind of like, um, I'm going to wish for a lot of other things while I'm at it, you know? (laughs) Um, But the the SEC becoming like a de facto like data broker regulator is interesting I don't know enough about it to have opinions um, you, you clearly do um, like I'm not sure who would regulate that otherwise um, just because I don't know enough about the executive departments
0: All right Brett any final thoughts
1: yeah I mean it just seems to me that it's just new for us because mobile gaming is now becoming an industry where we have so many public companies in it and it seems like the SEC wanted to, get their name in the newspaper, that they're looking into mobile gaming and we have an eye on mobile gaming because now it's it's the point where mobile gaming is hot, right? And and it's hot in the public market. And so I think they wanted to throw their name out there and say, oh, we looked into this, looking into that. But I feel like it's kind of like there's going also- after
2: Capone for tax evasion, where you know he did a bunch of stuff, but you, the way you can actually make it stick is getting him for... It's like where the IRS has that form when you fill out your taxes. It's like, oh, can you disclose? uh how much money you made from illegal activities you know it's like who's ever going to fill that out <laughs> it's like it's like the irs are not actually the It does, it does, it does. it's like there's a form to fill like oh, okay. it's like yeah, right. so that it's Legal like if you can't activities. get you on the crimes get you on not paying taxes for the crimes yeah why and didn't I, you report like, that yeah
0: all right cool. well i think we'll wrap it here everybody pretty far-ranging conversation today a lot of cans of worms (laughs) opened hopefully you found some value in our conversations today and for everyone and yeah catch us next time everybody catch y'all later bye